What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, New Vision, this is Ben Curtis, campus pastor at our Buchanan location. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast as we continue our study through the Gospel of Mark. I'm going to be reading to you from Mark chapter 12, verses 1 through 12 uh, from the New International Version. Jesus then began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. But they seized him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Then he sent another servant to them. They struck this man on the head and treated him shamefully. He sent still another, and that one they killed. He sent many others. Some of them they beat, others they killed. He had one left to send, a son, whom he loved. He sent him last of all, saying, They will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and threw threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read this passage of Scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in your eyes. Some parables that we read are kind of cryptic. You know, they're, they're hard to figure out. But this one is very clear, and you know it's clear, especially to the original audience, because they wanted to kill Jesus at the end of this story. But in this parable, the vineyard is a picture of the house of Israel and all the blessings that come with being the people of God. And and basically, uh, Jesus is pulling this picture from Isaiah chapter 5. So the religious leaders, you know, they had heard this before. This was a an analogy or a picture that they were familiar with, like Israel was the vineyard, God was the owner, and these religious leaders in this story were the tenants. Well, the owner sent his servants, the prophets, but, you know, as we read in the Old Testament, as we see again and again, they were mistreated one after the other. The the tenants refused to receive the message that God had for them. And, and, you know, we have to remember the vineyard belongs to God. It's his, but the tenants are just holding on to this vineyard and they, they act like it's theirs, just like the religious leaders um, in Jesus's day were doing with, with the nation of Israel, with the house of Israel. God is looking for faith and he's looking for fruit. And, you know, it was common in this culture to ask for a portion of produce rather than money for the rent. So in the story, the landowner wants to, he wants part of the fruit, but there is none. And so he keeps sending these servants who each time are mistreated. And then finally he sends his son thinking, surely they're going to respect my own son. But the tenants think, hey, if the son's coming, that means the owner's dead. And so the only thing standing between them and the vineyard at this moment is the sun. So in the parable, they kill him, and then they, they plan to keep the vineyard for themselves. And this parable ends, it's, it's a pretty hard one. It ends with a very severe judgment. We're told the owner will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others who will be faithful. God is a God of justice. This is all over the Old Testament. 
And, you know, as I thought about this parable, a couple things stood out. One, you know, we really need to respond to God while He still speaks. Because when God stops speaking, He comes in judgment. And this all might seem a little bit harsh, but, you know, He sends one servant, then another, and then another, and then finally sends His son. God is so patient. I mean, look at His patience in just sending one servant after another. But we have to respond to God while He speaks. Hosea chapter 3, verse 6 says this, Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge Him. As surely as the sun rises, He will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. And so if we will turn to God, if we'll hear His voice, we can be sure that He will come to you. He will return to us. It's as sure as the sun that's going to rise tomorrow morning. I don't know if, if you caught what Jesus did in verse 10, but, but he actually he started with one illustration, the vineyard, but then he kind of changes illustrations. He changes directions. Uh, now he's moving to this illustration of a building with a cornerstone. So in verse 10, Jesus asked the question, Have you not read? And, and of course they had, because this is straight out of Psalm 118 and Isaiah 28. And so he goes on to quote these two different verses have you not read that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And so here's what he's saying. He's saying uh, not only do we need to respond to, to God uh, while he's near, but marvel at Jesus, our rejected cornerstone. Let me ask you a question. What do you marvel at? What, what really captivates your heart? Uh, what, what do you daydream about? You know, one thing you can do, you look at your internet history, right? Because these days our hearts are somehow wired to our fingers and our thumbs. So if I'm worried about something pertaining to my health, well, I'm on WebMD or I Google it. Um, think about when you open up your Amazon app. What, what does your Amazon app show you? Well, it shows me all the, the recent things that I've marveled at as well as some comparable items. And if I'll just pay this particular price with, with prime shipping, I can have this thing on my porch by tomorrow. But you know, it may not be our internet history. It may be the approval of others that I marvel at. Or it may be just this paralysis with anxiety of all these things that might or might not happen in the future. It could just be this uh, cloud of deep depression that just kind of hangs over the circumstances of my life. And you know, I could tell you to, to just stop it, like stop marveling at all those other things. They're not worth marveling at, and that's certainly true. But here's something else that you can marvel at in place of them. Marvel at Jesus. That's what he's really telling us. And so he's just told us this, this heart-wrenching story. I mean, it's, it's terrible. It sounds so hopeless. Uh, but somehow in this story, this son, this beloved son who was killed, he says, the Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The religious leaders of Israel, they're building the house of Israel, and as they consider Jesus, just like they're wanting to like cling to the house of Israel, as they consider Jesus, uh, you know, he's not much to look at. He's not real fancy. He doesn't come with a lot of credentials, so they just kind of discard him. They just kind of throw him to the side. God can't be at work here, surely. But you know, whenever you hear someone say that, that's normally where God chooses to work because God takes the weak things of the world and He uses them to shame the strong. He uses the foolish things to shame the wise. This parable also kind of presents us with a riddle about God. I mean, how on the one hand, how can God be just and at the same time 
be compassionate and merciful. And God is certainly just. I mean, we see it in the parable. He's going to come and put the tenants to death. He is holy. He is just. But at the same time, He's a loving God. I once heard someone say, God's holiness demanded that sin be paid for, and His love found a way to pay for it Himself. Before the foundation of the world, God had this plan to send a cornerstone And he's going to send this cornerstone, Jesus, at just the right time in history, but the cornerstone is going to be rejected. He had a plan to send his son into the vineyard to speak grace, but he's going to be cast out of the vineyard. He's going to be killed. The religious leaders are going to hand Jesus over to the Romans who ultimately will take him outside of the city, outside of Jerusalem, to Golgotha to be killed. God has this plan for the cornerstone, and part of that plan is for him to be rejected and killed. But that's not the only part of God's plan for the cornerstone because this rejected cornerstone is also going to rise three days later. He wasn't killed for his own sins, but for our sins. Our unrighteousness, my sorriness was placed on him and he pays for it. He is a just God. And what do we get? Do we get thrown out of the vineyard? No, we actually, through the gospel, we get brought back and God brings us back into the vineyard no longer as tenants, but as sons. All along, we've been fighting for the vineyard, just like those religious leaders, because we want it for ourselves. We want the blessings of God, and quite frankly, sometimes we want the blessings of God more than God Himself. But guess what you get when you become a son or a daughter? You're an heir, so the vineyard is yours. So many times I I fight for what I think should be mine, but God says, if you'll just lay it down, I have a plan, and it's so much better. Come to my son and make him the cornerstone of your life. He's saying, marvel at this cornerstone. I'm looking at a large chunk of rock that was blown into our yard by dynamite blasting going on near our neighborhood, and it was in our yard, so we picked it up because I like my lawnmower quite a bit, and I didn't want to bend the blade and damage the mower, so I picked it up, and you know, I got to thinking about this rock. Sometimes in Scripture, Jesus is referred to as a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And just as I was able to just kind of move that stone out of my way, I wonder sometimes, do we do that with Jesus? I mean, I'm a believer. I've put my trust in Him. I've surrendered Him. But, you know, sometimes I treat Jesus just like another rock or another stone that's in my way. But, friend, I hope you see today through our passage, He's not that. He's not just any stone. He's not just any rock. He's the cornerstone. And He belongs in that place in my life and in your life and in our church, and everything else should be built on Him. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's Word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.